Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It's Michael C. Bouchard, the host of the Night Stalker Podcast. This is episode 132, season two. Um, we're going to kind of uh, defray a little bit from our normal uh, unidentified bodies, unexplained disappearances, and all other type of murders, kidnappings, and this. Uh, just for this is going to be just a short episode. Uh, I'm going to be putting out a couple today, but uh, over the weekend, you know, uh, for most of you that, that know me, you know, I'm still involved in law enforcement, been there for ter- 32 years. Uh, dynamics of it has changed, um, and unfortunately, it has not changed for the better benefit of the public. And I'm only saying this as kind of a preface to the next thing I'm talking about. When I talk about not being good for the public, what I mean is that over the past year or so, maybe a little longer, um, law enforcement has made the media several times. Unfortunately, not in a very good light. Um, but, you know, I'm a guy of statistics and facts, and I, I know the na- the real nature of the beast. I'm not sitting on one side of the wall uh, making guesstimations like a lot of these uh, other groups and people are doing. Uh, I know the reality of it. I know the reality of life. I'm a lot older than the, the, the general uh, demographics of my reader. Um, and like I said, if you consider the amount of contacts that police have, with the civilian population in a day, probably over a million. And every once in a while, you catch somebody, a copy and a knucklehead or doing the wrong thing. You know, that's that's a, a, a that's a that statistical number is a dot in the, you know, it's like it's like a uh, needle in a haystack. But unfortunately, because people have nothing to do but jump up and down and, you know, pretend with their false sense of kumbaya that uh, every cop is bad, you know, not only is that a, a a false assumption but it's also a false assumption perpetuated by the media you know um, and you know I do beat my own down when shit happens and I beat the civilian the civilian entities down when they do stupid things too. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not one-sided. Uh, when I see something wrong, I, I, I open my mouth, which is usually, you know, pretty loud, pretty obnoxious, but that that's how it is. Which brings me to this this uh, case I just watched. Actually, I heard it on the I heard it on the radio this morning, and uh, I wanted to watch the footage my the actual footage myself. Uh, for the simple fact that, um, you know, sometimes the way the civilian entity looks at the way law enforcement does their job and the way it's done, the civilian entity doesn't realize why things are done and how come they're done. They, they just want to base things on a false perception. However, this case that I just saw or watched, this video I just saw, um, yeah, I got to agree with the public on this one. This was the, uh, two te- teenagers fighting in the uh, Bridgewater, New Jersey, uh, mall. Um, 
you know, let's face it, teenagers are always going to fight. doesn't matter what color they are. Teenagers are teenagers. More testosterone than they know what to do with and bad attitudes and no life experience. So we get that, you know. Um, <clears throat> benefit I have, I was an SRO in a large inner city for uh, eight years, uh, 34 schools, 23,000 students. Uh, <clears throat> the, school, the schools were all uh, interracially mixed. But what I didn't, I, there's a couple things I didn't like about watching that footage. And the first being, it was, def, it was definitely, uh, it was obvious that there was a, the way they treated one juvenile was a lot different than the other. The white one sitting down, and I'm white, and I'm still going to say, but with the white one sitting down, and the African-American kid being jumped on by two cops and handcuffed, yeah, he was struggling a, li a little bit, but you didn't need two people uh, to handle that. I mean, one cuff on and a little bit of a twist, and it's all over with. There, there didn't need to be any of that stuff. My question was, was, and I understand, and this is the civilian side of it. Yeah, was it one-sided? Yeah, it was. Agreeing with that. From the police side, the tactics that they used... Now, I don't know what the heck's up with cops nowadays, and they, both of them look a lot younger than me. But So, you have one, the white juveniles, a fairly good-sized kid, right? You have two cops down on their knees, paying attention to one kid, while a larger white suspect is hovering over them. Are you fucking kidding me? He should have been handcuffed first. And then worry about the kid on the ground. Why? It's a safety risk. Like, I'm going to... Two adult men are fighting. I'm going to let one sit on a bar stool while I'm on my fucking knees hovering over somebody? Oh, hell no. I ain't going to have some lug jump on my back. Try to snatch my gun out from behind me or my handcuffs. What, are you kidding me? Or then you have the possibility of him fleeing. Taking off, running through, you know. Let's face it, you know, us older cops, yeah, I, mean, yeah, I can still run like hell, but I, I ain't going to be chasing no teenager down a damn hall, you know, a mall, a strip mall. That ain't going to happen, you know. So there were a lot of, you know, from a, um, a civil point of view, yeah, I get it. I get why the people are pissed. It did look one-sided to me, too, and I'll, I'll tell you like it is. Um, from a tactical side of view, Holy shit, who taught these people? You know, very dangerous situation these people put themselves into. Um, not sure why that happened. Uh, the correct way that should have been handled. They're both juveniles. Each get a, you know what? They're both detained, handcuffed, sat down, not next to each other, obviously, but wherever. You collect their information. One cop watches both of them while they're handcuffed. Okay, the other cop writes out two juvenile summonses. You call their parents. The parents come to the mall. You turn them over to the custody of the parents. The parents sign the juvenile mall, the juvenile summons, and boom, they go to juvenile court. That's it. Or you can both give them a warning and stop telling me he's stupid. There's no serious injury there. But you still turn them over to the parents. You stop being stupid. Hey, parent, take your, take your kid away. You stop being stupid. Hey, you, you take your kid away. You know, um, yeah, that just was a, 
that was a really lopsided, uh, the whole fair from the whole, the whole, um, the whole perception of it that I got was, it, it was just, it, it was like lopsided. I mean, you know, you have, you have, <clears throat> you know, so the kid on the ground is getting beat up by the other kid. They're more worried about the kid getting beat up than the kid that's beating them up. Um, the kid that's beating him up isn't handcuffed and detained, so he put, possesses a threat to the officers on their knees or has a, a possibility of flight while you're worried about one kid. Uh, nobody was, you know, don't know how that worked. That was just a, that was just poor judgment, both both from a civil aspect and from a, a police aspect. Yeah, that was just bullshit. So, Unfortunately, men and women, this I you do not have this was not uh, yeah I can't be I can't be uh, can't be on the cop side this time it just it didn't it, it was just too big a bag of shit um, you know I mean the cops sit there and beat the shit out of the kid no uh, is this going to be another uh, stick your money into the city's pocket and grab money out of it case. Well, yeah, you know, and uh, should it really? No, they made a mistake. Let the let the internal affairs handle it. Let them, you know, whatever's going to happen to them happen to it. But there was no injury. I mean, you know, theoretically, you know, you know what, you can get around that shit. But it just um, just should have been handled different. I guess that's all I'm trying to say. This is. Uh, Michael C. Bouchard, the host of the Night Stalker podcast, episode 132 in season number two. And just remember, if you're in a dark place, a dark room, a dark alley, a dark car, or in a car you don't even know who the hell the driver is, you better know where the back door or a window to the building or place you are on or the nearest track or a place to run. Because when those footsteps come up behind you and you don't know who that person is, it could be Sling Blade. And if you don't run and you don't hide, and want to ask yourself what the hell are you doing in a dark place in the first place? Because we may be having you on as our next episode. Until then, uh, next episode is going to be the uh, Michael Cochran case in May 1981. Um, the reason I bring this one up, uh, I'm still doing a lot of research. Um, I had been asked to look into it by uh, the mother uh Lee, Lee Corcoran, um, the case, I'm going to tell you folks, this, this is, this is a case that I, it's going to probably be, even though the case happened, the, the murder happened in 81, it's going to be a pretty, pretty easy case to figure out who done it. It's not going to be hard. Um, I already see that the, um, state of Maine thoroughly just covered it up. It was a cover-up. I mean, there's no, it, it was a cover-up from day one. Uh, you know, uh, even, with, even with the court system there, the court system did something that I never saw before, which I will explain it to you when I get into the next uh, podcast. I'm just researching a little more to make sure I have my facts straight because when I put this one out, I am not going to make friends, but I'm not looking for friends. I have a big enough uh, audience base on uh, Anchor Radio, so I, I don't need to 
uh, <laughs> worry about friends anywhere else, I guess. But yeah, we're going to get into that case. And, uh, you know, it's not like, even though I'm a cop, I'm not cop beating. I'm not, you know, trying to beat cops down. I'm not trying to do this through that. But, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of ways of looking at things. Now I'm going to give oh, any of you that are cops out there, you know, we have an immense authority when we put on a badge and a gun. However, within that authority, we out of everybody must be the most humble when we when we just, when we use that power. Um, and that goes for the court systems themselves, which I have found over time, the last couple of years I've been doing research um, between the district attorneys that they have popping up in New York now, their poor that their damn new uh, what is it, mayor, governor, whatever the hell he is down there, yeah, that ex uh, New York captain. Oh my God, they are such shit. Um, it's just, it's, it's just, it's insane the way the way of the dynamics of law enforcement and, and criminal justice is going lately. And uh, believe me, I am not the advocate for criminals because if you're a criminal. You know what? You're an adult. You're responsible for what you do. You should pay for what you do, whether that's jail or fines or whatever. You know, just do the right thing, like I tell people, and you don't have to worry about that shit. But at the same time, there, we have a procedures due process that has to be abided by, and within that, we as um, we as law enforcement have to make sure that we. Um, administer that that type of due process, whether in the field through the court system, in a a fair, a very fair um, manner. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of the media that's put out there, uh, you know, they forget what these people that have been arrested, what their backgrounds are, the danger they. Uh, possess a society because people are always, uh, you know, their denial culture, cancel culture. I have no use for full, no use for that bullshit. Just, you know, everybody, oh, I'm a victim, I'm a victim. Yeah, you don't know what a victim is. Go live in another country and know what the fuck a victim is real fast. But, um, but yeah, there are things that we need to change in the law enforcement field as well as the, the court systems and the judicial branch. And I will be the first one to jump up on a pedestal and, you know, tell it like it is and they don't like it well you know what that's not my problem do the right thing you don't have to worry about it so until then i will see you episode number 133 and i believe that's going to be the michael crocker case and we will uh talk to you then